Welcome. This is Karen Modakaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. My friend, how are you doing today? So those of us that live in the Northern Hemisphere, because I'm very well aware of our people who live down South, but those of us that live in the Northern Hemisphere, it's summertime and it's August. And so... I know there are some places where kids are starting to get back to school. I'm so, so against it. In my world, summer ends on Labor Day. I'm pretty adamant about that. I believe that August is still a summer month and I don't like school to start in August. Unfortunately, in our school district, I think we're starting like August 26th. If you live in Davis and are listening, don't quote me on that because I haven't looked at that far in the calendar, but I know it's later in August that we are starting. But For those of you, regardless of school, regardless of what's on the calendar, what are you planning on doing with your last month of summer? And again, I realize our friends down under are not in summer, but I think you're in what, spring? So what are you doing with this month? And we can all think about that this time of the year, because I love the spring. There are things I love about the fall. There's, I definitely love about the hibernating aspect of the winter, but what are you going to do? And I think about August and what is it I want to do and what am I going to do with my days and my nights? And just last night I was downtown in Davis and I love Davis in the summer. And I met up with a bunch of aqua monsters and we had a picnic in Central Park and everybody brought their own food. And it was so lovely and so lovely just to walk the streets. I just loved it. I was like, oh, this is summer. I must remember this because I can get so busy in some of the regular, maybe mundane of life and forget. So how are you going to celebrate this month? I ask you that. How are you going to celebrate the days or the nights? What are things that you may want to do? And I talk about this as being deliberate leisure. What are you deliberately doing with your leisure? So we have this month. If you're in summer, what are you going to do? How are you going to make the most of your summer? Even if you're going back to school, your kids are going back to school, summer's ending, there's still weekend nights, there can be an evening night. What are you going to create? So I've got some deliberate leisure coming up. My family, we're going on holiday with some longtime family friends of ours. And then after that, I'm heading off down under. I'm going to Australia and I'm going to do some work with some clients there and host some events. And then I'm also going to explore some aspects of the country because Australia has always been on my bucket list. And this opportunity came about this year where I get to go down there. So I'm really, really excited. So what are you going to do with this month? And I want you to just start thinking about that so you can create it. Maybe you find, you know, a food truck event. Like I know a few years ago, we were in Calgary and we were just spending the night. We were coming over from the Canadian Rockies my husband took the car in to get, I think the oil changed or something. And he was talking to the mechanic, like, what are things to do here? And they said, oh my gosh, we have this food truck fair and it's tonight and you go. And so we're like, huh, we have nothing else to do. We're leaving early in the morning. We do need to eat. 
Let's go do this. It was amazing. There's so many food trucks at this food truck fair and you go and you buy tickets and then you go up to the different food trucks and you give a ticket. It's like a carnival, but it's around food. My kids think to this day, it was like a highlight. I can't remember what year that was, 2014, 2015, but it was some time ago. It was so much fun. And we talk about that food truck fair. And I know for us in the town next to us, Woodland, I think on the Sunday nights, I need to look this up. They have a food truck fair on Sunday nights, maybe the first of the month or something. And I've forgotten about that, but that would be a fun thing for our family to do something different, getting us out of my favorite restaurant that I love to go to because I have my favorite places and I just like to stick with them. So if you're very routinized like I am, sometimes thinking about, okay, what does summer mean? What are the things that you love to do? What are the things you used to love to do? And how can you instill that kind of feeling into new things? And so for me, when I think about summer, there was kind of this carefree freedom of being a kid or a teenager. And it was like, oh, school's out for the summer, right? Summer vacation. And I don't have to worry. And I had all this freedom and I can go to the library and I would come home with stacks of books. And I love that feeling. So I may not be doing the stuff that I was doing at 10, 12, 16, but definitely not swim training like I used to. But how do I dial up that feeling? What are the experiences that I want to have? What are the, what are the memories that I want to create now as a middle-aged woman? So I give you that in terms of in this month of August, what is it that you are going to create with your one precious life? Not a scarcity, but like, what do you want to create? It's the beginning of the month. Think about it. Even if you're like listening to this, say in December or in March of 2020, you can use this to say, okay, what is it that I want to experience in this time frame? It doesn't have to be only for August, but since we're here in August, I'm talking about summer. You know, I think about summer and I think about sunflowers and corn on the cob. And I think about, you know, picnics and hanging out with friends. And, and I think about, you know, being near water. Those are the things that really light me up. Reading books, enjoying some summer movies. That's for me is a lot of fun. So what is it for you, my friend? I want to hear from you. So let me know what you decide to do with your summer. You can go to Instagram and leave a message. You can leave an iTunes review. And speaking of iTunes reviews, people, we need some reviews for the show here. So go to iTunes and leave a review so I can give you a shout out. Tell others how this show, why you listen to it, how you benefit from it, and why do you keep coming back? Any of those questions, you can answer all three. You can answer one of them. You can write your own script. It's up to you, my friend, but go leave an iTunes review. All right. So now that we're done with all of that, I'm going to talk about today's show and it's called Stop Being Ambiguous. And this is really, really important because my clients all week long have been beating themselves up because they're ambiguous. They're ambiguous and they're using this as a weapon to say, oh, see, I'm not really measuring up, Corinne. I'm really not good enough. I'm not making a big enough difference. Like I'm not successful enough. (laughs) So I'm asking you all, how often do you do that, right? Where you think what you're doing is so insignificant that what you're doing doesn't matter and you're beating yourself up. But let's flip that coin. What does matter? What is making a difference? What is enough? What is success? 
And I know you're like, oh no, I, I, I got busy. I'm busy. I've got things to do. I've got places to go. I'll come back to that, right? Like, yeah, I'll come back. I, I got it. I'm going to hit pause on this and I'll come back. And then this just gets buried amongst other podcasts and amongst other things to do. But really, what we need to do is stop being ambiguous and using it as a weapon to reinforce and give ourselves evidence that see, therefore I'm not enough, or I'm not making a difference, or, you know, what am I really doing in this world? And instead we want to get really clear about what we're doing. So I'm going to share a story. There were years ago, I don't remember how long, it was maybe 10 years ago. So my youngest kids are 17 and 19. So that would have put them what at seven and nine. And I was at the gym and just kind of like watching you know, really unconsciously the television as I was working out on one of the machines and I was reading the words on the bottom of the screen. And I noticed that they were talking about sex trafficking and I'm like, oh, and all of a sudden this judge your voice in the back of my head is like, you know, Corinne, like really, if you're going to make a difference in this world, that's what you should be doing. What do you think you're doing? What the hell are you doing? Like, seriously, you work with a bunch of affluent people or you work with, you know, in an affluent community, you know, this is all privilege, but why aren't you doing like the hard work? And I was beating myself up and I'm like, oh, so instead of beating myself up, I had to think about, I'm like, okay, this is a really important issue. Absolutely. I'm against girls, sex trafficking, totally against it. In my life right now, I have a seven-year-old and a nine-year-old. At that time, I was not doing much professional speaking because nor was I really traveling for events for work. Most of my stuff was down in my home base. I had clients all over the place, but it was grounded at home because of what was going on with our own family. My husband travels a lot and I like to be at home with the kids and I wanted that simplicity. I'd been doing a lot of traveling before. So when I started thinking about, wait, what are our priorities what are our values right now? If this is something that I want to do later on, I can do it. And I thought about it and I had this really good friend in Drani who was doing work similar to this. And, you know, she was speaking at the UN and doing all sorts of stuff. And I'm like, oh, well, there are people in this world that are doing this stuff. And it's really, really important. And what are ways that I can do something and contribute to this cause, but still stay aligned to what I'm doing right now instead of beating myself up because I'm not measuring up. And so I really thought about that. And I was really grateful that I'm living in line with my values and priorities. It doesn't mean what I'm doing is not significant. And I also thought about like, even that, you know, I can say, well, I'm just a swim coach, right? How often do you just say, I'm just a whatever, insert mom, I'm just an employee, I'm just whatever it may be. But instead I thought about, and I said, you know, one of the things that I'm doing in all aspects of my life, whether it's the show, the aqua monsters with my clients is that I'm really working on them being the leader of their lives where they are empowered, they're confident. And then who knows what grows out of that? Like I have a lot of former clients or athletes who are out there doing work that is really aligned in making their difference their way. And that's something I've always talked about on the show is you do it your way. What is really important to you? And isn't it interesting is when we're ambiguous, it's a lot of the cultural programming of what should be appropriate. What is worthy of your education? What is really valuable? What is really deserving, you know, of making a difference, being successful, yada, yada, yada. So I give you that in the sense of as long as you use that and you're not telling yourself that you have to be doing this because other people are doing it or because here's a problem to solve. Do you have the capacity to solve it? 
Is that something right now? Or is that something you're going to work towards and do? What can you do now? And then if travel, like for me in that situation, if travel's involved, what can I do later? So years later, I was with my friend in Drani and she's this amazing person. And I was telling her this whole story and the revelation that I had where I was beating myself up, using it as a weapon. And then I got really clear of like, what is my focus? What isn't what I'm doing? And I really believe what I do matters in all aspects of my life. And it can be in a one-off conversation with the parent. It could be with a crying kid. It could be working with my clients. Like I know the work that I do matters. It could be on this podcast. I may never know you, but I know what I do matters. And then I also know it doesn't matter for a lot of people and that is okay. And it's aligned with my values and priorities. So I was talking to my girlfriend, Indrani, and I was telling her this whole story and she looked at me and she had this big grin and she's like, silly Corinne, you realize I didn't do this work until after I was done raising my kids. She started her work. I think she was about 55 years old. So for those of you who are like, oh, you know, all I've done is raise my kids. Stop that nonsense. You've raised your kids. It's a very important job. Yay you. In this next chapter, what do you want to create? So instead of judging yourself by cultural standards, by your school standards of what do you need to do to be successful or to make a difference, instead, you want to evaluate what first off is success for you? What is making a difference? What does it mean? Because for me, I believe that you can make a difference by having a conversation with somebody. I had ran into a woman that I knew from my kids' preschool and her kids don't, her don't, don't swim on our team. They swim on a different team. And I ran into her a couple of years ago at a swim meet and I was talking to her and she was telling about her, her child and her child was kind of struggling. It's like very normal. And the teenage years of struggle. And, and so I just, you know, helped her reframe it as I do often. And she's like, gosh, every year when I talk to you, I always feel so much better. I had no idea. I don't remember what I've said to her in past, you know, I know we've always had some nice conversations and then moved on. So one of the things that's happened for me is that I've continuously looked at how can I just continuously show up as me and put things out there. And then frankly, it's really none of your business if you're making a difference or not. You just go be you. And again, when you be you, it doesn't mean in arrogance. It means in kindness. It means in who you are and you give value in the world, but you have to stop with this ambiguity. Same thing with success. I have a client this week that's really trying to grapple with like, what is success? What is enough? And if I gave you her resume, her CV, you'd be like, oh my God, this woman's amazing. And she absolutely is, you know, but she's really grappling with what is success and what is enough and how much money is enough. And those are the questions that are really challenging to answer. And so now I'm going to talk about how do you get clear? Because getting clear is really important. I got really clear and it changed the way I looked at the work that I did instead of being like, I'm just a swim coach and a life coach. And really I changed the way and how I showed up and the impact that I try put out into the world every day. So how do you get clear? Well, one is your brain is really well-trained to beat yourself up. We are so good at going inner gladiator. Even the people, the people you know, who look really nice and are really nice to you, 
I know what goes on inside their brains because they share it with me and it's not so nice. Even some of the words that I use, we can't use on the show because it's very explicit and how I used to talk to myself, I've gotten so much better. So one of the things that you must do to, before you can get clear is you must be compassionate. You must talk to yourself the way that you would either talk to somebody you love, if that's gentle and kind. My rule is the way I would talk to the grocery store clerk because I'm very kind there and I work on connection. So talk to yourself the way you would talk to other human beings that you don't have a whole bunch of anger to, right? Talk to yourself that way. And then brainstorm like, okay, what does success look like? And just start doing a brain dump and just write it all down. Or if it's like, what is good enough? When will I finally be good enough? Brainstorm it, get it all out of your head. Because when you start to get it out of your head, you're going to be like, but Karen, I don't want to do this. I can already hear the resistance. I don't want to do it. I don't have time. It's just these answers. But when you start to brainstorm and you get further into the answers, you're going to find out what your subconscious really believes, right? And so maybe it's, you can finally be enough when you are at your natural weight, or you can finally be enough when you have this degree, right? And the truth is, is that you're enough right now, but that's a whole nother show. But really write all this down. What does success mean? What does making a difference mean to you? Or what is it that you need to do to be enough? And write it down. And then once you've brainstormed it, really go through and you can look through it. And here's my recommendation or invitation for you. Be willing to laugh with yourself, not at yourself. You don't need to like laugh at yourself and be like, I'm such an idiot, but like laugh with yourself. Like, oh, isn't that silly? I am so silly that this is what I'm thinking. Like the only way I can be successful is if I have a hundred million dollars and making money isn't your priority. There's going to be a huge conflict. I once had a kid who stopped swimming when she was 13 and I ran into her mom at the parking lot. I said, Oh, you know, how's your daughter doing? And, and she's like, well, she's, she was really struggling. And I said, why is that? And she goes, well, she quit swimming because she couldn't be the best. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? She said, well, she wanted to be the best. And I'm like, okay, again, what does that mean? Does that mean like the best in her group, the best on the swim team, the best in her lane, the best in the world? Because here's what I have to say about being the best in the world. And this was, I don't know, four or five years ago, probably. But to be the best in the world, we have Katie Ledecky. So if you don't know who she is, go Google her. She's a total badass swimmer. Like, there are a lot of guys that don't want to train with her because she's ferocious. She's amazing. So if I were to say the only way I could enjoy swimming was to be the best and I had to be the best in the world, that would mean I'd have to surpass her. And that's not realistic for me in what I'm willing to do again, nor in what I'm able to do, especially now I'm as a 47 year old woman. The woman is a badass. Kayla Ledecky is amazing. So she put this like really big vague goal out there and then used it as a way to say, well, if I can't do that, then I'm out. How often do you do that in your life? So when you do this brainstorm, you're going to go back and you're going to create a hypothesis. You're going to take two or three things and say, okay, this is what's really important to me. If I do this, then this will be successful. Maybe it's a financial goal. Maybe it's a business goal. Maybe it's you want to finish school, whatever your goal may be. And you create, and then you go and test it out. Now, here's the thing that I always say. You commit to the best case scenario and you manage risk. So you go and test it out. I'm not very risk tolerant. <laughs> I, I guess I'm I'm not risk averse because of what I do, but I'm not risk tolerant. I am low risk. I like low risk, but manage risk, right? So test it out. 
go and see like, Hey, is this something I like to do? So for instance, with the girl sex trafficking, if I thought, Oh, I want to get on stages, I want to speak, I want to fundraise or whatever. I could then start working on maybe areas close in my area to speak and to get that message out there. I could even, I guess, done a podcast, right? This is something I'm thinking many, many years later. I didn't think about back then. But what are the things that I could do to say like, hey, is this something I'm really interested? So go and get involved. And you do that again from a place of compassion because you don't want to judge it. You want to be an observer. And then you test it out. You collect data and your brain's going to want to judge like, oh, this is ridiculous. See, it's not for me or see, I'm not capable. Like if you want to be successful in swimming, you've got to go to more than one practice. You're going to have to go to a lot. So evaluate it, but give yourself a period of time. And depending on the thing, sometimes they say three times, sometimes they say three weeks, sometimes they say three months. Sometimes if you're divorced and you want to have a new relationship, my big recommendations is a hundred dates which like always creates screeches from my clients, but go on a hundred dates so that you're just constantly going out there and starting to get information about what do you like? What don't you like? And get past all of that mind resistance that we have. So after you test it out, then you evaluate from this place of compassion. What worked well? What did I like? What didn't I like? Ooh, what kind of made my tummy drop and have a pit in it? And you evaluate that. And then you circle back and you tweak and adjust it especially if you're willing to stick with that hypothesis. So for a long time, I was like, I hate travel. I don't want to travel. I don't travel. And I really indulge in that story. But the reality is I keep looking at the data. I'm like, huh, I travel about once a month. I, especially the last couple of years, I really, so I was like, I guess I really need to reframe that. And what is my story? And so knowing that when I do travel, I need some space in and out because I tend to be a person that really packs in a lot. So that's something that I've learned to help me. And my kids are now much older. So travel is much easier for me to do than it once was 10 years ago. So that hypothesis has changed from 10 years ago and it's been shifting through the years. I've been tweaking it and being really deliberate about how I choose to spend that time. So you circle back, you tweak, adjust, and then you repeat, you go through the hypothesis again, right? You look at maybe your brainstorm and say, oh yeah, I'm going to scratch these off my list, add any other ones that may come up, create your hypothesis, test it out, evaluate, circle back, tweak, and adjust again. And then you repeat. And that's what I've been doing with travel and speaking and doing events and doing other stuff and how I've evolved as myself, both personally and professionally. And that's what I invite you to do. So then as you do this, you get a lot of clarity of like, okay, this is how I'm going to measure. This is what I'm going to be evaluating myself on because we want to hold ourselves accountable. Like being compassionate doesn't mean, oh, it's all fine. It doesn't really matter. No, there's an accountability thing to ourselves because it's a relationship that we create with ourselves, and it's fundamental in building trust. So we get some clarity and we then, and this is really important, you must commit to it right? So when I realized that, look, while this issue of girls and sex trafficking was really, really important right now, and my new word in like 2019 is I wouldn't have had the capacity back then in 2009 to do this along with all the other responsibilities that I chose to do. Listen to my language. Not that I had to do, but that I chose to do. I made choices. And if I want to make different choices, I could have, but those are the choices based on my values and priorities, along with my family's and my husband's values and priorities and how we got into that middle part. So then I committed to being like, okay, not now. That's something on my brainstorm list for the future. 
But right now, here's where my focus is. My focus is on myself, my family, the Aqua Monsters, and the clients that I coach and the podcasts that I do. And that's been my focus. And then there's been tweaks and evolutions over the last 10 years, but I've had to have that commitment. So my brain wasn't going, Oh, well, look at you, Corinne. You're not really making a difference. You're not dealing with girl sex trafficking. That became no longer allowed. I was done with that for now. It's on the brainstorm list. It's still, isn't it fascinating? 10 years later, I know it's there. I pay attention to it and I know what my capacity is for right now. And I'm speaking about it a bit here. So bringing more awareness to it as well. So clarity and commitment. And this is how you evaluate what you are doing with this one precious life. And you're constantly, we're evaluating, like, does this work for me now? It may have been something that worked for you before, but it may not anymore. So you're constantly tweaking what making a difference, what being successful is as you go through what may have been successful, you know, to like when I was in school, the kind of grades that I got was really important to me. They're not important to me now and I don't get grades, but learning is still really important to me, but I'm not worried. There's sometimes like, I would have to remind myself like, Corinne, when you're writing, nobody's going to give you an A. There's no A coming out of this, right? You write for you. (laughs) So I do have to sometimes remind that cultural programming that's programmed in, but notice that and have clarity, have commitment, evaluate instead of beating yourself up that you're not making a difference. My making a difference is very different than a lot of people because I show up, I want to be helpful, I answer questions. Like I just think about this week and how I made a difference. It was really me being authentically me and just sharing some stories, sharing some stuff, you know, maybe challenging some people about the way that they thought, teaching some kids how to swim and going to a picnic. I mean, those are the ways that I made a difference this week. But for some of people, they're like, well, that's very insignificant. And that is fine because it's my values and my priorities. And when you do this, how do I know that it's true? Because I notice how I feel. I feel really good inside. I feel confident. I feel empowered. I feel calm about the work I'm doing, about the way I'm living my life. And it doesn't mean that I'm always there because I will check in and be like, hmm, is this really working? Is this working for myself? Is it working for the family? Is it working for the work that I do? And I really check in and it's a very reflective process. It's not a, the old process of the inner gladiator where I beat the crap out of myself. And I notice how I live. Like, is this something that I like to do or Man, there are lots of things. I don't want you to think like my whole life is yippee skippy because it's not like there's like the mundane and I'm like, oh, this is what I get to do right now. Isn't this fascinating, right? But I've really reframed that stuff because I don't want any more extra pain than I already currently had. And this week was a shit show, let me just say. So notice how you feel, notice how you live and remember there will be shit shows, right? I'm not ambiguous. I'm pretty clear about what success means to me right now and what making a difference means to me right now. And yeah, there are shit shows. There are things that happen that were either part of my doing or not my doing. And then it was, how do I choose to respond to that? this week. So there are shit shows, even when you have clarity and you stop living in the ambiguous and are able to be clear about what it is that you want. So for you, I invite you to go out and 
get clear with what it is that you want, with how you are going to define making a difference in what is success for you. Because everybody's version of that is very different. It's kind of like going to the library, a big nonfiction or memoir section book reader. Those are the things that I really like to do. You may be like, oh no, Corinne, I'm a fiction reader. It was so funny. A friend of mine was just telling me how she just really only likes to listen on Audible fiction books. And I was like, oh, I would never have thought to listen to fiction book on Audible. Like I only listen to nonfiction books. Like that's the rule that I have, right? It's okay. Neither of us are wrong. It's what works best for us. So for you, stop being ambiguous, get clear on are you living your life in terms of what is successful for you and what is making a difference? And the reason I took out the enough is because my friend, you are already enough. And that's a whole nother podcast that I'll be doing. All right. So now that we're done with the show, go to iTunes. There's a link in the show notes. Go leave a review. Let others know how you benefit from the show, why you listen to the show, what you love about the show, what you may not like about the show. Go and share your wisdom, your voice with our community or with others who are scrolling through trying to find a good show. Because I even notice nowadays, even though I'm not a big review fan, like when I'm looking at first show on Netflix or Amazon, I'll go through and be like, Ooh, what are the, the reviews? I notice that on Apple iTunes and stuff. It does help when you leave reviews, it helps promote the show. So that's part of the whole, I guess, game we're now in, in 2019. All right, you guys, until next time, I'm smiling big for you. Hey there, before we go, I have a question for you. Have you subscribed to the show yet? This is an awesome opportunity for you to preserve your brain juice. I love the fact that I can subscribe to podcasts and television shows and they go straight to my iPhone or they go straight to my DVR and then I don't have to worry of, oh no, especially with television shows. Did I hit record? Is it going to be there? Or now do I have to watch it on demand and go through all the commercials? So go and hit the subscribe button. There's a link in the show notes and that will ensure you that you never miss a show and you can also save your brain juice for other things in your life. There's way more important things, but you and I will still be connected because the show will be waiting for you in your phone. Go to the link in the show notes, subscribe to the show so you can automatically get all the shows to your phone. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wide awake.